Hello and good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Texas Hill Country Market Update brought to you by the Texas Hill Country Advisors. That would be myself, Andrew Gay, and my business partner, Gilbert Pies. I almost say good morning. It's good. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. No, special edition, I guess, of the uh, Hill Country That's right. Market Podcast. That's right. Uh, so we are we're here. It's about four o'clock on Monday. And uh, check your mic one more time. Testing, testing, testing. No, oh. it don't like you. Well. Okay, we'll work on that. Uh, yeah. So anyway, we got to listen. We got to really it's Halloween, first of all. And we got like a super crazy busy week. Um, as far as data goes and the markets go, there's a lot. Ha- well, it's really a busy two weeks, so we got a lot happening. Um, we got a nice little graphic to help us with that. So we're going to run over some of that stuff. And uh, yeah, let's uh, let's get right to it. Let's not delay. Let's jump right in. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Next Financial Group, member Fenner Civic, Texas Hill Country Advisors, is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. This material is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of Andrew Gay, Gilbert Pies, and Texas Hill Country Advisors, and not those of Next Financial Group. The S&P 500 is a market cap-weighted index composed of common stocks, 500 leading companies, and leading industries of the U.S. economy, and the Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price-weighted index of 30 actively traded blue-chip stocks. All right. Okay, listen, before we get started, I got one question. Though. Yes. Do you have like a good or favorite Halloween memory as a as a child? <laughs> you know, that's a good question. And and not really. I mean, um, when, when I was did, growing did up. You, did you or were you able to celebrate Halloween at all in well, any form or fashion growing up? Yes. I mean, we, we uh, would dress up at school, preschool. I remember going to preschool and dressing up as a clown. Um, not a clown. Um, I am already a clown. <laughs> uh, a ghost. A ghost. And, and of course, uh, you know, back when I was growing up, we didn't have money for costumes and stuff sure. like that. So we uh, we had a, a bed sheet, a white bed sheet is, is really all we used. And um, my elementary school, we used to do a, a Halloween carnival festival every oh, year. Oh, yeah. Um, but, but as far as like trick-or-treating and stuff, yeah, my dad wasn't, wasn't down with that. We, yeah, didn't, sure. we didn't do trick-or-treating. Um, you, you, that's probably not a really smart thing to do in my old neighborhood. Where I grew up. Yeah. Right. And we've, we've had conversations <laughs> about that. Like now it's just totally different and kids don't even, you just trick, you trick-or-treat out of trunks now. It's not even, I don't know. It's right, different. Right. Different yeah. Times. So, so, um, I, I don't have any negative memories. I just don't have that many. Memories. Sure. Well, I'm just really surprised that you even remember preschool. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. I don't preschool, think I do I at all. Preschool. Yeah, I do. I do. I remember. I, my, my memory goes back to probably when before I even started school. I, I remember three, four years old. Yeah, I kind of do too. I think I was five and I went to Disney World. I, don't, I still remember some of that. I'll tell you what, though, is interesting is you were talking about um, your son liking to like, you know, he doesn't maybe not doesn't do all the like trick or treating, but he likes to hide and jump yes. out and scare kids yes. and, and that was my thing when i was when i was little um so that was like one of my favorite halloween <laughs> memories so you give me some nostalgia when we're talking about the, it. the only problem is that he likes to use this strobe light and and you know <laughs> you you're gonna have a seizure I mean, yeah. it, it, it could induce a seizure man i mean i don't i can't stand that thing but... I, I have one of those me <laughs> and my you? friend yeah i did well not anymore but i did growing up man I think what I need to do is they have different speeds. So I think if I slow go. it down a little bit, it won't it won't be so 
intense. It, it, yeah, it won't be so intense. It's not like you're at a club or something. You it's know, like, just make that. Mm, 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 <laughs> yeah, mm, there you mm, go. Mm. There you go. Yeah, I don't know if we have. Do we have? What is this? I don't know how what this sounds like, but no, it's not. I thought it was a little more poppy sound of music. Okay, all right. Anyway, enough of the fluff. Yes. Let's let's get to the uh, to that issue at hand, which is we got some economic and market data to talk about. All right. So, all right. Here we go. Big two weeks for us. Right? Yeah. So, and it all kicks off starting tomorrow really is the first day of a two day meeting that the Federal Reserve is holding that will conclude Wednesday with Jerome Powell having a nice little speech. And in that speech, well, a few things. One is, um, or two things really. One is they're expected to raise interest rates. And that expectation as of this morning, I haven't checked since this morning, I think it was like eight, the markets have 88% probability priced in. It's going to be a 75 basis point rate hike or three quarters of a percent. Um, but also more or possibly more importantly is the speech Jerome Powell is going to be giving at the end of this meeting um, Wednesday. And I think it's around 1 p.m. So our time. The reason this is a big deal is because the we have been long awaiting the market participants, analysts, economists, everybody and their dog have been long awaiting to see when, if any, language is going to be uh, announced by the Fed about them pivoting or softening their rate hiking cycle or their plans to continue to hike rates. Because at some point, they're going to stop, right? And you know maybe even eventually down the road, they're going to cut them again. But there's been none of that talk leading up to this point because they're just, they're trying to fight that inflation and, you know, and the, the, it, it, that just continues to be the, the main issue at hand. So that is going to be a really big deal. That's Wednesday. That's the first part. The, the number two is this Friday, we get a jobs report, which is the non-farm payrolls. See how many um, uh, uh, payroll, I almost said individuals, but however you want to measure it, were added to the jobs market. This is an indicator uh, this number that we get is about is going to tell us a little bit more about the, the job market or the unemployment uh, market or however you want to slice and dice that. But the reason that's important is because the labor market has been super tight leading up to this. And e even though the Fed has been raising those rates to try to fight the inflation, the job market remains pretty tight. And we have said, I don't know how many times on the show, that we would expect the labor market to loosen just a little bit, soften a little bit in light of the Fed raising rates. So. Um, that'll be a big data point this Friday. And then next week, we got November 8th, which is Tuesday. We get the U.S. midterm elections. Everybody knows how big of a deal that is. I'm not even going to dive into that. We can comment on that here in a little bit if you want, Gilbert. But, yeah. And then Thursday of next week, we get the headline inflation number, which is the big one. That's CPI or Consumer Price Index. And we just recently got the other one that we mentioned on here is the PCE, the um, I just drew a blank. The the uh, the personal, per, personal, personal consumption, consumption expansion yeah, expenditures. Anyway, whatever the acronym is, <laughs> the, that is actually the favored um, metric, inflation metric of the Fed. But the the headline one, the little bit more sexier one, is the CPI, and that's the one that's due out next Thursday. So um, those are the big four we got. So we got a big two weeks, man. We got a big two weeks coming up, and it and it could possibly determine the direction that the markets are headed in for the the remainder of the year. But also, like we've talked about just last week, depending on how this data comes out, is the rally that we had in October in the stock market, is it going to hold, right? So those are that's it, man. That's that's it in a nutshell. So Yeah, well, um, going back to what you just said, you know, bef 
today's the end of the month. You know, we've had a amazing October. In fact, if you look at the equity markets, uh, October 2022 is the best month since 1976. The best month in performance. The equity markets have staged a hell of a rally yeah, this that's, month. I mean, that is beyond impressive. Yes, it is. It is uh, the most, uh, uh, well, like I said, uh, statistically, it's the best performing month since 1976. Now, today, the market was down a little bit, gave up some of the gains it's had. But we've had, uh, what, six or four straight weeks of gains, gains in the market. Yep. It, it's, it's been an amazing, amazing ride. And, and you know, this the, the month of October is the reason why we have told people for years and, and why we continue to tell people that, yes, even though the market does have these huge swings up and down, you need to stay in the market to get back to where you were. And, and it, it sometimes is very painful to do that, and, it, and it's certainly very stressful. But the month of October is the reason why you need to stay in the market. Uh, it, it, it's probably not over yet, and I would, I would venture to guess that we're going to have some continued volatility over the next few months. But we know at some point down the road, the feds are going to come out and say, listen, you know, we, we're going to start scaling back the rate rises. And at some point, they're even going to tell you tell us about when they're going to stop raising rates. It's probably not coming up anytime in the next month or two, but we wouldn't be surprised if we do get some additional rate rises, one more in December, another one in February of next year. But then we wouldn't be surprised if they stop raising rates altogether. That That's anticipated. Um, seems pretty likely that they're going to do that. And as soon as the market gets wind of that, the yeah. market's going to stage a, 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 an amazing comeback. And so uh, the news that we've got coming up this week, um, uh, the Fed meeting on Wednesday, the jobs numbers on Friday, the midterm elections next week, and then the inflation numbers for October coming out in the next two weeks. Uh, those things are going to seriously impact the tone, I think, that the Fed's going to take with um inflation and interest rates over the next few months. And so here's what we expect. If the midterms, or, or, or I guess let's start with the first data point that we've got coming out uh, on Wednesday, uh, or yeah, Wednesday, if Jerome Powell comes out and says, hey, listen, we see a, a, a future where we're lowering, slowing the rate of rate increases, um, we would expect the market to do very well and, and like that idea. If the jobs report that comes out on Friday indicates that the job market is, is starting to uh, cool off a little bit, in other words, we get an increase in unemployment from under 4% now to maybe 4% or, or just even a little more than what it was the previous month, that should be good. If we get a midterm election outlook that ends up being the Republicans maybe gain control of either the House or the Senate or both, that would probably be a pretty good thing. Now, uh, I'm not saying, I'm not I'm not taking sides here. It's just, you know, statistically speaking, and, and if you look at history, when there's divided government, that's usually very good for the market. There you go. I mentioned that this morning yes. on, on the lead. Divided government is usually very good for the market. So, you know, it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on, who's your favorite candidate, who's your favorite political party. It's just 
the facts. The facts are that if the we have divided governments, usually very good for the market. And then and then finally, if we get uh, a CPI number that indicates anything close to a cool down or a slowdown in inflation, that should also be very good for the economy. Now, if any one of those things turns out opposite of what we're hoping, well, then there, there's going to be some volatility in the market. It's going to take a while to digest some of that. But I think over the past few weeks, the market has started to recognize or ex- hope for some good news on all four of those issues coming up. Yeah. And, and if that actually comes to pass, that, that, that's pretty good. That, that's going to be great. Uh, I, I think the market will continue to be strong in October, or I'm sorry, November and December. Um, and then the next, the next uh, two buzzwords there. I'll go ahead and plant the seed of that would be soft landing, but also Santa yes. Claus rally. Absolutely, soft right. landing and Santa Claus rally. Now, you know, could could it, any one of those things throw that off? Sure, they can. Um, and and what if two of those things are positive, quote unquote positive, and two of them are negative? Well, it, it could spell all kinds of different things. But ideally, if those four things turn out in favor of the market, that would be really, really, really good for all equity investors um, and, and even bond investors too, because the bond market's priced in rate rises for next year too. And if they can get some clue that rates are not going to go as high as maybe some people project or think, yeah, and they can even see a point where the Fed stop raising rates altogether, that should be good for the uh, equity, not only the equity markets, but fixed income too. Right, because that 10-year that U.S. Treasury is sitting above 4% still. Yeah, I think it uh, today closed at 404 or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the the flip, the other part of that is that mortgage rates are above 7, right? Yes, yes, yes. So, if you're trying to buy a house right now, hey, you know, the, the days of 3% mortgage rates are long gone. Long yeah. gone. It ain't happening anytime soon. Right. And then the, and then the other question is, too, is like what? is going to happen in the next year when the Fed holds those rates there, if they have to for a while to kind of continue to fight inflation. Um, that That's, you know, kind of scary because it's uncharted territory, but at the same time, it's, it's, that's where it is. Right. And things have to hopefully have made price adjustments up to that point to have that already kind of factored in. Right. So, right. And you know, there, there's a lot of people that will tell you, well, you know, if a mortgage rate stayed 7%, there's going to be a collapse in the housing market and, things of that nature. And I just don't see that as likely because <clears throat> number one, underwriting has become a lot more stringent over the past few years. Most people now have equity in their homes um, from the very beginning when they started mortgage because most mortgage companies will require you to put some money down. Right. So so the housing market's in a much different position than it was back in 2008. The other thing too is that people will continue to move. People will continue to buy houses Granted, not at the level that they were a few years ago, perhaps when rates were at, you know, 3% or less, but people still have to move for jobs. People still right. have to move for any number of reasons. So you'll there, still there get would still be, you would still expect there to be transactions Absolutely. happening. Right? Absolutely. But, but I'll tell you what it's doing. It's, it's, it's taking out a lot of the speculation out of the market because when rates are this high, it, it becomes less affordable to take a risk. And so you'll have a lot of investors pulling back. You'll have a lot of home builders stop building. You'll, you'll get a lot of the fluff pushed out of the market. So that that should be helpful. And um, I, I think, you know, the imminent claims of a collapse in the housing market are just probably a little overblown. Sure. 
I would be inclined to agree with you about that. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Um, well, we've talked about it a lot. It's just there, there, that was a different scenario that was happening back then. This is not that. Well, yeah, um, we don't we different. don't want to relive those days. Those were no. those were pretty brutal, pretty brutal times. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you one thing that does throw kind of a wrench into all of these plans, though, is is oil prices. Uh, the a week or so ago, I think two weeks now, it's been uh, the uh, Wall Street Journal had a very good article in the journal about the uh, uh, OPEC and yeah. what they're doing when reducing their oil production. Uh, you know, th that could be a serious problem for us. And if the Biden administration isn't careful, they could really cause a sustained increase in oil prices because OPEC seems very sure that they still control or have the ability to control oil prices by increasing or decreasing production. And if, if you know, the Biden administration doesn't handle that carefully, they could, we could find ourselves in a situation where OPEC decides to cut production even greater than it already has to drive up the price of oil. Um, and, and that could be a serious, serious problem for not only our economy, but the world. Yeah. And, you know, well, here locally in the U.S., domestically, that would be a real bad problem if, if that core inflation doesn't peak. Sure. Right. Because that was kind of what was worrisome, which was so strange about the on October 13th, we got the CPI from September and it came in at 8.2 and it was lower than the previous month. But the core CPI, which excludes food and energy because those are more volatile, didn't really show that it had, it had peaked. So um, the initial reaction to the equity markets that day were negative, but by the end of the day, it had turned around. We've been rallying since then. Right. Um, so, yeah, just interesting, interesting times. But nevertheless, you know, I've mentioned a few times already that October is also historically the most volatile month. Yes. Um, yes. It's got the biggest ups and biggest downs month, month on month basis um, in the equity market. So. But, um, but all we can say about October this year was it was fantastic. It was good. It was it was one of the volatile upside months, you know. So. It's about time, boy. We needed that. It was, uh, you know, after, yeah. after the July rally that we had, a lot of people were assuming, hoping, dreaming, planning that the market would just continue to improve and it would stick. But, you know, we revisited the lows and, and passed the lows again. Broke through them. Yeah, That's broke right. through the lows. It was very, very brutal. And so October, we needed that. And, and if you look at some of these numbers, S&P is still down 17% year to date. Dow's down 8%. Nasdaq's still down 28% uh, for the year. But if you look at what they did last week, just last week, S&P yeah, was impressive. up almost four. Dow was up five and three quarters almost. And the Nasdaq was up two and a half or two and a quarter, I'm sorry. Yeah. So, you know, we, we, we still are not in a... A positive position by any means on any of the major indexes, but we're we're certainly a lot better off than we were just a couple of weeks ago. And so, we would hope that that continues. And and if we get any of those four big indicators coming up in the next couple of weeks to go the our way, in, in other words, if uh, they're positive for the market, that would be really really helpful. Yeah, it would. Yeah, yeah it would. And thank you for reading those numbers. That's awesome. I mean, that's I could see them. It's all I know. It's great. It makes me happy. Um, but dude, the the Dow being up five and three quarters percent for the week, um, and 
Yeah, so. it, and I think if you look at those numbers too, it, it kind of gives you an indicator there of where's the strength been the past few months, the past few weeks, and this year, even though the Dow was down still for the year 8%, the fact that it's it's the one the major index that's down the least compared to the NASDAQ or the S&P 500 is amazing. That tells you that the rally has been uh, and there's been some strength in industrials and dividend paying common stocks that have yeah. been around for a long time. Blue chippers. I was gonna, um, and, and also that kind of speaks to like that value trade thing sure. that we had that narrative that we had going on uh, last year. Yeah. Gro right? Growth is out the window. So, <clears throat> so growth tends to be technology stocks, companies that uh, are, are growing quickly that have had a history of, of high performance and, and maybe they're piling some of their profits that they're even making a profit back into the company. So right. a lot of times it's not that common for them to like pay dividends. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yes. Yes. So, you know, we've seen a, a, a huge, huge turnaround from, you know, being focused on growth and technology stocks to more of your traditional industrial um, utilities, um, you're more blue chip companies that have been around a long time that that pay steady, consistent dividends. Can you know? Can you imagine the because Dow is only down eight percent year to date, right? And we have two months left. And if right. we have good months, there is a total possibility that the Dow could close positive for the year. Distinctly possible, um, absolutely. I, the Nasdaq's got just, a long way to yeah, go. Does, right? Yeah, it does. But uh, that's just, the but, yeah, but that's just yeah, but that's just mind blowing. Because because you look at all the headlines and stuff and the doom and gloom that's out there and okay yeah the, the Nasdaq is the growth sector that we just talked up talking about it's got it's got beat up pretty good this year but just one of those major three indexes even having the chance to close positive on the year is just it doesn't seem like it was anywhere in the narrative in the last I don't know ten months <laughs> you got you know? that right <laughs> so. and, and the other thing too is is you know when we focus on the markets and we talk about just what they've done this year, you know, we, we don't intend for your perspective or our perspective to be so short-sighted. One year does not make a decade, of course. That's right. If, if you look back lo longer term, even, even five years and, and 10 years, you can see that the market has done really, really well. Now, I won't quote any numbers to you because I don't have them in front of me, but you, you can see that generally speaking, the longer the term the better performance that they tend to have. And so this year, we're giving up a lot of gains that we got last year and the year before. But overall, especially if you go out a little further, you know, the, the markets have done pretty well. It's just yeah. this year, we're, we're having a bit of a correction. That's right. You can't have the good without the bad. Yes, right? that's for the sure. yin and the yang. That's for sure. Um, okay. All right, guys. Um, I think that'll do it. You got any Parting thoughts, Gilbert, before we wrap it up. <laughs> I was, I was, I was hoping you didn't say uh, parting wisdom because I don't know why I got any wisdom. But <laughs> uh, well, that makes that makes two of us. Yeah, so uh, I, I certainly could use some parenting wisdom. If anybody's got some out there, I need some right now. Uh, otherwise, I might have to do something with my my two uh, children. Well, unfortunately, I don't know if I'm going to be any help because <laughs> I take my notes from you and some of my other peers and friends. So, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, I need some parenting <laughs> wisdom right now. Uh, Gilbert's got himself a couple teenagers. Yeah, a couple teenagers. I tell you what, and they're both trying my nerves. They're good um, kids, though. They really they, are. They are. You did a good and, job and, raising and, them. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm. I'm I, I try to remind them that uh, they're the first 13 and 14 year old I've ever raised. So 
um, but they don't take any sympathy on me. So uh, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Uh, They're as emotional pray, as the market. Yes, yes. Pray, pray for me that uh, I get some good parenting wisdom. There you go. And if you got any parenting wisdom to share, please send it my way. I'm looking for it. Thank you. Yeah, come by the office. Come yes. holler at us. Yeah, and, and uh, after you share your parenting wisdom, I'll, I'll try to share some economic wisdom with you. There you go. We talk about the markets there you and, go. and parenting all in one. There you go. Yeah. Don't forget, we are on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Spotify, uh, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, uh, iHeartRadio, and Amazon Music. Please leave us a review. Share our content with your friends or peers. It helps other people find the show. And uh, yeah, keep Gilbert in your prayers we'll catch you tomorrow morning yes, have a have you. a happy and safe all hallows eve is that all hallows eve like technically halloween i think so or is I it the, so. okay because it's like so, so confusing yeah i don't know if i've ever sorted that out but i think so and, and be sure to check your kids candy before you let them yeah, eat man. it there's some sick people in this world yeah none of those uh the thing when i was young was the apples with the razor blades i don't even know if that was real but you never heard of that yeah okay I think so. mm-hmm. this is, okay all right all right yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. But if but if you find the full candy bars, you're welcome to bring those to us too. Now, now it's rainbow fentanyl. You got to worry about oh and all this other junk. Dude, and, you know, yes, yes. The world's world. a crazy sick place. It is. It is. But we'll try to keep you in line with the uh, financial and economic uh, data and, and issues in the world. So yeah, we'll try to keep that easy and simple. Yeah, and that's yeah, <laughs> issue focused. Okay, guys, thank you so much, and we will be back here. We will see you tomorrow. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween.